Welcome to Insights. This is Paul Ellis, Managing Director of Ellis Wealth Management. Ellis Wealth Management is an independent, privately held investment company focused on planning, advice, coaching, and investment management. We are dedicated to the families we serve, and we encourage you to invest in what you love. Within Insights, we look at ways to make our world richer through focusing on, sharing, and developing human capital. In this episode of Insights, we're blessed to have the head coach for Tacoma, Washington's Lincoln Abe's high school football team, Masaki Matsumoto. I trust that you'll enjoy our conversation and the insights that he'll share. All right. I am blessed today. We have with us Masaki Matsumoto. Masaki, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Paul. It's an honor. Oh my goodness gracious! This is this is absolutely terrific. I'm glad that I'm glad that you're able to join us. Hey, um, you, we go back. You used to play uh, football at King's High School with my brother Mark. I've known you for, I've known you for some time, and um, and you yeah, since uh, since the, since his sophomore year. That's when we met. Since his sophomore year. Yeah, we're probably Absolutely. like 15. <laughs> you were more like Barry Sanders than any any running back I've seen other than Barry Sanders. You were excellent. You were excellent. You. He was my idol. That's why I wore number 20 through high school and college. <laughs> you were you were good. You were good. Um and, you know, since that time, you've gone, you, you know, obviously you graduated, you went on to, to college, um, you started coaching, right? You started coaching and your coaching, your coaching receipts, um, you went down to Hollywood, California, uh, not to look for stardom on the silver screen, but to, to help kids on the gridiron. And um, since that time, it, you had uh, you were the 2013 Central League Coach of the Year. You've been the Times Coach of the Year for 2016, 2017, 2019. Uh, the overall record that I was able to find after eight seasons is 75 and 20 with seven league titles. Um, those are almost like Belichick-like numbers. I've just got to tell you. I mean, those, that's, that's pretty awesome. Um, can, can explain your path from your point of view, you know, from, from where you are and, and how you got where you are. Uh, what, 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 where do you want me to start in terms of my path, like my childhood or when I started coaching? Let's start with childhood. I mean, you, you, were, you, were, born, uh, okay. you, were, you were born in, in Japan, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. So I was born in Japan um, and, you know, pretty, pretty normal childhood, you know, mom and dad. And uh, I had, I have an older brother who's five years older than me and, um, you know, things were, things were good, but um, I think when I was maybe three or four, they got divorced. And so, you know, it was still pretty normal. You know, we would do the typical, um, you know, uh, live with the, live with my mom during the week, go visit my dad on the weekends you know, did that for a few years. And like I said, it was pretty normal, but then things really changed when, um, when my mom decided to, uh, 
moved to America to start a new life, basically in Seattle, Washington. And um, he, she came into the room, living room. I was about six. My brother was about 11. And um, she said, I'm moving to America, start a new life. You can either come with me or stay. And uh, my brother being a little bit older and, you know, having friends and stuff in Japan, he decided to stay. But me being younger and, you know, kind of a mama's boy still, um, I decided to go with my mom. So it was just my mom and I, you know, packed our bags and came over to Seattle, Washington. And um, yeah, pretty, you know, pretty uh, big transition, obviously. But, uh, you know, I always say that sports has been a big part of my life um, because, that's how I was able to connect with kids. You know, I didn't have, I didn't um, speak English very well, obviously, but I knew how to play sports and, you know, I was pretty, you know, athletic. And so I was able to make friends and build relationships through that, you know, through sports and recess, um, you know, playing sports, stuff like that. And then, um, yeah, again, pretty, pretty normal childhood. I would say, you know, just uh, raised, you know, considering being raised by a single mom um, football, became a big part of my life in about third grade when I discovered it, when I came to America and then she, you know, she decided to let me play and um, I just enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed what I, I enjoyed watching it. And, and then, you know, when I, as I got older through high school and college, um, you know, the, the, the coaches and mentors through the game of football, um, you know, just attracted, attracted me more to the game and um, was fortunate enough to, you know, go get a scholarship at a small college in Chicago, play football there. And when I graduated with a PE degree, um, I decided to go right into grad school because, you know, people said, hey, go to grad school right away if you can, because, you know, um, you don't want to do it when you have family and when you have kids, stuff like that. You know, it's a lot of work. So I took that advice and uh, moved to San Diego, went to Point Loma Nazarene University. And that's where I decided to pursue my special ed uh, master's and credential there. And then um, that was in 2006. That, and that's also at the same time I started coaching. Uh, my friend at church, uh, she was a athletic trainer at a, a local private school. Um, actually, it was actually a powerhouse, a cathedral Catholic. And I didn't know it at the time, obviously, but she asked me if I wanted to coach because they needed a JV uh, volunteer coach. And I was like, sure, you know, my classes are at night. Um, I have a part-time job. I can make it work. And I just kind of fell in love with it right away, pretty much, you know, being able to coach the kids and build a good relationship with them. Uh, you know, I was under a really good program, um, like, as I mentioned earlier, and um, just started loving the game, the X's and O's part. And, um, yeah, won a state title with them and as an assistant. And in 2008, when it was time for me to um, get a real teaching job, um, there was nothing in San Diego that I that really um, you know that I was really interested in because I wanted to do high school and there weren't really any high school jobs down there at the time. So I still loved California, so I said, well, you know what, I'm a I'm a apply to uh, schools in LA, and um, there was a brand new school opening in East Hollywood. Uh, again, this is 2008, and I applied for the special ed position uh, there. And I also wanted to uh, go to that school because it was new and I, I figured they would need coaches. Well, they already had a head coach hired by then. So I came on as an assistant, but they, they gave me the head track uh, job because uh, they needed a track coach. And I coached track um, at Cathedral as well. And I ran track. So I was like, you know, I enjoy doing it. So I'll be the head track coach. Well, 
2008 to 2012, uh, our football team wasn't good. Um, you know, it was 96% Hispanic. Uh, most of the kids had never played football before high school. And just the program wasn't ran really well, you know. And, um, of course, I was frustrated. But, you know, I don't want to be the assistant coach that undermines the head coach, you know, because that is his team. So I just did the best I could and did everything he asked me to do and just, you know, loved on the kids. And, um, you know, uh, learned a lot about what not to do. <laughs> and, um, you know. Um, when 2012 came around, um, our, my principal came up to me and said, Hey, we're going to go in a different direction. Would you like to be the head coach? And, um, you know, I love what you're doing with the track program and you already have relations with the kids cause you're an assistant football coach here. Um, and I was like, you know what? I was about 28, 29 at the time. And I, I just didn't know if I was ready yet, you know, because being a head football coach is a big thing and we weren't very good. And, you know, um, you know, kids had a lot of issues and needs, and I just didn't know if I was ready to take it on. And so I asked for the weekend to think about it. And um, I emailed my, the head coach at Cathedral, my, one of my mentors, and just asked him, hey, what should I do? And uh, he wrote back to me and he said, you know, I've always been at a private school, so I don't know what working with the city kids is like. But what I do know is where, whether you're in the suburbs or in the inner city, kids just want to be loved. And that just kind of stuck with me when I read that. And mm -hmm. I just... I may not know everything. I'm still young. I'm gonna make mistakes, but I know I do love these kids, and I can show them, you know, love. And so, on Monday, I accepted the job. Um, that was 2012, uh, four years after uh, the school, you know, opened and everything. And uh, first season, we went eight and three, uh, turned the program around. Uh, last two years there, we went to the semis, and you know, built a great program. And uh, 2015 came around, and. Um, that's when I decided, you know, started thinking about coming back home. My mom's getting older, mm -hmm. uh, but I, just, I, but, but, you know, at the same time, I didn't want to leave that job just for a random, you know, coaching job up in city or, you know, or up in this area, because again, we had a good program down there. So it would have to be kind of worth it for me to leave. Um, and so January, 2015, you know, I thought I was probably going to stay another year because I hadn't really found anything up here. Um. But then Coach Shapiro, my high school coach, emailed me, you know, emailed me the article about John Kitna leaving Lincoln. Um, it was alma mater, and he took it over after, um, you know, he retired from the Seahawks for three years, kind of rebuilt the program. And then, uh, but he was going to go take a big-time job in Texas, so he was leaving. And Coach Shapiro said, hey, this would be a great program for you to take over. Um, you know, it's still inner city, but, you know, he put some money into the program. He, you know, kind of revitalized the program. And so you should consider it. So I did some research, emailed the principal that night um, and got a Skype interview a couple of weeks later and uh, got the job. So I came up spring of 2015, um, finished our fifth season last year. Uh, you know, we made it to the semis for the first time in Lincoln history, um, you know, and uh, just doing some good things here. The kids are great. Um, we have some great assistants, uh, admin who supports us. A community that really embraces us uh and so um yeah going into my our sixth season so um that's kind of uh, my story in a nutshell here well let me tell you i have been on the sidelines of where kings has played lincoln your, i think your freshman team has played you know our our uh our team right mm -hmm. and so you know i'll volunteer doing different things um and I was on the sidelines one time with the marker sticks 
And so I had the opportunity of listening to your assistant coaches and how they interacted with your athletes. And I have to tell you, absolutely phenomenal. Mm. I mean, I've been a coach, I've been a player, and I will tell you that top down how your assistants uh, encourage, keep the focus um, correct when needed, not a lot, by the way. I mean, um, and that speaks to culture. Culture goes top down and you have built a fabulous organization. And again, just listening to how your assistants uh, deal with the, the students, student athletes has been absolutely fantastic. I just want to let you know from the outside in, um, I was highly, highly, highly impressed. Highly Thank impressed. Thank you. Yeah. Great man. Um, you know, the, the thing I, um, you know, when I do podcasts and stuff like that, and we talk about, uh, you know, um, I go on coaching shows and stuff like that. Um, they, a lot of times they ask me, you know, how I go about hiring my assistants and hiring our assistants. And, um, first interview I have with them, I, we don't discuss football at all. Uh, I, I pretty much ask three questions. Uh, tell me about your journey and how you got here and how football has impacted you. Number two, why do you want to coach high school football? Number three, why do you want to coach at Lincoln? And, you know, usually takes 30 to 45 minutes because, you know, I'll probably ask more questions on top of that. And, you know, because things come up and because I just want to know who they are. You know, I just want to know that they're good men who care about kids because, I can always, you know, teach them X's and O's, right? But at that age, I can't really tell them, you know, teach them to love kids and to to be committed and to be a hard worker. And so, you know, I think that's what's more important for me um, when hiring assistants that, that they just have a heart for kids and that they want to help them, you know. Um, and if they don't know football as much, uh, that's okay because, like I said, uh, we can always teach them that part. And so that system has worked and uh, we've been blessed with uh, great coaches who just really care about kids. Well, you know, there's um, the average age of student athletes. And I think the average age of, of your athletes are be between the ages of 14 and 18. Right. And that can be a very difficult period for young men from even from the best of communities or, or best circumstances. Right. Um, you've had a real hand in going into communities that have had some challenges and have helped shape these young men uh, from 14 to 18. Again, that's a very difficult time period. I mean, the Army doesn't want anybody until they're 19. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, you, you, can you explain to me um, how do you work with them? And then I've got a follow up question regarding that. Uh, I mean, trust me, Paul, it's been a, uh, a learning process, you know, um, and I've grown a lot and just through failures and mistakes and just seeing other people do it better and, um, you know, talking to mentors. Um, so it's, you know, I've gotten a lot better at, at it. Um, and I'm still not perfect. I still make mistakes and, you know, but, um, you know, the reason why I was able to be successful at Bernstein and I got through the kids partly was be because I, I was naive. You know, um, I had never been really in an inner city setting, right? I went, I went to Kings, right? A hundred percent of kids graduate there. 
right? And when I got to Bernstein, the school in East Hollywood, you know, when I would see a kid ditch class or tell me, uh, a kid tell me I may not pass this class or coach, you know, like the way my credits are, I may not graduate. I just couldn't fathom that because I had never experienced that. So I just attacked it. You know, I said, mm -hmm. are you ditching class? You're already here at school. That's so dumb. <laughs> you know, and I, 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 I was young, so I was just, you know, I'll be blunt and I would just, you know, because I cared about them, you know, and I was like, what do you mean? You're not going to pass this class. Like in high school, if you, if you show up and, you know, just try a little bit, like you'll pass, you know, you know, you'll pass. It's not that hard. And so, um, you know, I just, I was just naive to the issues and, and um, the, the fact that kids fail <laughs> and that, you know, that kids don't go to class and that kids, you know, join gangs. Like I, because I wasn't, you know, I didn't grow up in that. So I just attacked it and I just attacked it like hundred percent. And, you know, um, and, it got through to them because that I think it was, you know, a few times in their life where someone challenged those things and said, you know, no, that's not, you're not going to fail. <laughs> like that's not even an option. And um, that's, I think how I was able to make an impact. And, you know, now I'm a little bit more calm, <laughs> you know, um, I'm, I, I'm able to process things a little more. I don't take things as personal, um, you know, so all those comes with, you know, experience and wisdom. Um, but at the end of the day, Paul, I just try to, um, I just try to help them through love and accountability. Um, and that's, I think some, you know, a lot of people have one or the other, and it's too much of one or the other, but you better have a perfect balance of both. Because if you have too much love, kids are just going to walk all over you, you know, and they're not going to like, they're not going to get the truth, right? Usually- right you need to hear the truth for you to say, okay, you know what? He's right. Like I need to change or that was stupid. <laughs> you know, I need to do better. Um, but if you have, but if you have too much accountability, then there's resentment, you know, there's uh, anger and, and people burn out. Right. And so what I've been able to do is really find that balance of loving them, but also having that tough conversation you know we call it in our football program courageous conversations where you know it's tough to have and it's sometimes awkward but um it's 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 necessary for growth right and so we always tell our coaches you know like get on them right get it grill them but then hug them up after you know and absolutely so, yeah so it's just a combination of uh um being able to do both and really being uh, conscious about doing both you know oh man, man I, I was kind of hard on him I need to you know tell him I love him you know or nah, I'm, I'm being too easy on him I, I gotta get on him just being able to be conscious of that that's where I've been able to uh, be effective I believe well the destination is that these student athletes are going to become men that's that's the destination right yeah. and um, it's important in coaching that we, regardless of which environment we're in, we have to be aware of the environment, I think, but um, really combat the soft bigotry of low expectations, right? And, you know, you, you can come from a, bat, uh, a tough background, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to stay there, or even if you need to accept some of those standards, that, that, that those things that have become standards, and I think that that's what you're saying is you're balancing this love component, the care for the kids, you know, with the expectations of what it's going to take to succeed, succeed in 
class and life and on the football field. Now, you, you've been you've been featured on a couple of different ESPN programs as well. And there was one ESPN uh, program entitled Letterman. And in that, you had, there was a, a very powerful segment where you had letters from the parents uh, given to the students. Can you explain, share that a little bit? Because that was very powerful. Uh, so I actually got it, got the idea from uh, Tom Boehner. He's the head football coach at Bothell High School. Um, that's a phenomenal job with that program and a great man. Um, you know, he's one of the first coaches I visited when I became a head coach because I made it a goal that I would visit three successful coaches every offseason as long as I'm a head coach. And I've been able to keep that. And I think that's a huge part of our success. Um, the reason, you know, the, the fact that I'm able to humble myself and, and go learn from these coaches and uh, I'm so many um, great ideas from him and then just kind of made it my own. But anyways, uh, you know, he obviously Bothell was a more affluent school and, you know, he told me how, you know, powerful it's been for his players. So I was like, man, if it's powerful for his kids, uh, how imagine how powerful it could be for our kids where, you know, they probably barely see their parents, you know, because they're working three jobs and, um, you know, they, they don't feel, they probably don't feel loved and cared for all the time. And, you know, I started thinking about my kids about how, you know, a lot of, a lot of them may be into drugs or alcohol or, you know, they want to join gangs. Big part because they feel, they don't feel loved by the people who they want love from the most, which are the parents. And so I was like, this, I, I got to do this. And so, Basically, like in June, uh, entering into the summer, I wrote a letter to the parents asking them to write a love letter to their sons. And then I made 50 copies in English, 50 copies in Spanish, and um, sealed it up with a blank paper and sealed it up in an envelope. And I told the kids, hey, you have till July 6th to give this to your parents. Don't open it. This is for your parents' eyes only. Uh, have them, you know, do, the, do whatever they need to do. Seal it back up, give it to you, and then return it to me. And uh, every single kid did it uh, except one. Uh, so one of the coaches wrote him a letter. Um, but anyways, uh, once I had collected all the letters after one of the summer workouts, instead of going out to practice, I took him all to the gym and uh, I told him, hey, do you remember the envelope you, you guys brought me back? Well, it was a love, it's a love letter from your parents. So what I want you to do in the next 15 minutes when I give you your letter, just go find a space, a quiet space by yourself around the gym, read it. And then, uh, you know, we'll gather back up and, and Paul, like first five minutes, like you know, I heard, you know, kids crying and, you know, sniffling and uh, it was, it was powerful. Yeah. And, um, and then after the 15 minutes, they came back and we, we, we just talked about it. You know, I said, Hey, now you have proof that someone cares for you and you know, you're, you're, that you're, you're value. So you have no excuse not to do well, you know? I think a lot of kids use that excuse of, well, no one cares, so why should I care, you know? And so I just kind of drove that home and then drove, drove that point home. And then I also told them, hey, you're cared for by us too. This is a family here you know, in our football program. And so you have too many people caring about you to, for you to not succeed. And um, and then after that, I just asked each kid to come share if they want. And you know, one by one, kids came up and just shared what was on their heart. I had kids saying, I didn't know my dad loved me until I read this letter. And, you know, now I'm going to do good for him, you know, or um, 
you know, just a bunch of feelings that they were feeling. I wanted them be, to be able to share it because I think, you know, it's important for young men to learn how to be transparent and vulnerable. And so they did that. And then we kind of came, you know, together as a team. And um, that's the year we went to the semifinals for the first year, you know, um, you know, obviously it helped us on the field, but um, after school nights, uh, parents would come up to me and say, hey, thank you for that letter activity because I'm, I am closer to my son because of that. And so yeah, on and off the field, it helped. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm really glad that it made an impact on those kids' lives. That's amazing. That really is amazing. I mean, I, I saw that in the, in the episode and, you know, my nose got that tingly feeling <laughs> as well. I was, you know, swallow, swallow, look, you know, look up to the sky, look off to the side, you know, get eyes getting misty. Um, yeah. Because love, when someone knows that they're loved, it frees them up to give a hundred percent. Right. It's kind of like, it's exactly like when you have a lot of things on your to-do list. If you have a lot of things on your to-do list and you forget a couple of things, you know that they're still there. That's why we write things down. That's why we teach kids to write things down, right? It, it, it slows you down mentally. You, you've got this additional weight. There's something there. And when you don't know that somebody that you're free, that love frees you, or that somebody cares about you, right? Market closed. <laughs> when, when, the, uh, when, when, when you know that regardless of how well you do, you're going to be loved, you're going to be accepted, that allows you to drop that weight of worry and really focus on how well you can do. Because you don't have to worry about the downside. The downside's already taken care of, right? And, and, and that's a real support mechanism, I think. Now, you've mentioned a couple of things. I mean, obviously, it's, it's great for the kids and, and, uh, and that, that you're there and that you've got your assistants that you've uh, selected over the years. But you have mentors, too, do you not? Yes, sir. Right? Um, mentors, mentorship is still really important to you, even with all of your success, right? So how do you reach out to mentors? I'm sure there's some that reach out to you now, but how did you originally reach out to find mentors? And how do you at this point with a very busy schedule still find the time to connect with people that you feel are important in your life? Uh, well, number one, I, I, I believe I, sh I can do better. Um, in terms of that, making more time for, uh, you know, fellowship and um, making sure I, you know, reach out to my mentors and and ask for, you know, help. And I, I know I can do a better job of that. Um, one uh, just naturally happened, you know, if, uh, for example, um, one of my football mentors is uh, the defensive coordinator at Cathedral Catholic. And obviously it's because I pushed under him for a couple of years and, you know, won a state title. And I was like, okay, he, like this guy's smart. He knows what he's doing. So till this day, uh, sometimes when I'm game planning, you know, up here uh, for Lincoln, um, I'll call him and say, hey, this team does this. What do you think about this? You know? And so um, just through natural relationship. And then one of my other mentors, uh, 
mentor, you know, in, in terms of uh, kind of a head coach mentor, you know, when I have head coach questions and it, head coaching issues, that's the coach at Bothell. And um, that, that's because I just emailed him randomly when I first got the job at Bernstein as a head, head coach. And I said, hey, uh, I love what you've done at Shorewood and um, at Bothell. Uh, I'm a new you know, head coach and I just want to come visit. And he welcomed me and every every Christmas now we get together, you know, and talk ball and, you know, talk about how we're doing. And so, yeah, just kind of reaching out uh, is another way I, I've met some of my mentors. And then I mentioned, um, you know, my college coach, uh, Coach Lambert, who uh, just he, he's, you know, he really um, he, he really impacted me and influenced me to use football as a vehicle to help young men, you know. Um, you know, Coach Shapiro did a great job and, you know, we have a great relationship, but maybe I was, you know, maybe I don't know, like if I was in high school, I just didn't pay, you know, what he was trying to do as well. Cause I'm, I wasn't, I wasn't as mature, obviously, but in college, I just kind of, you know, through the message that La Coach Lambert would tell us. And um, I just, you know, kind of figured out, okay, he's, he's really trying to reach us through the game of football. And so that's how I do it now, you know? And so, and the last one, I would say Coach Kessler, he, he does a phenomenal job of reaching out to me always and asking me tough questions. And, um, and so I really appreciate him. Um, you know, I met him through uh, Coach Lambert as well. And uh, he played at KOU and he's kind of a legend around here uh, in Tacoma. But um, yeah, uh, with, with all that being said, like I said, I, 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 I think I could do a better job of uh, talking to them and reaching out to them myself. Well, that, you're, you're an example. You're an example. You're living an example, right? So, thank thank you. Um, we're just about out of time. I know that you you've got a very busy schedule, and so I really want to thank you for for taking time with us today. If people want to be involved um, and help you with what you're doing at Lincoln, um, in support in some kind of way, number one, how would they get in touch with you? Um, and how would how how can people help you? How could the community help you? Yeah, they can they can email me, um, you know, m.matsumoto20 at gmail.com. I'm good with emails because I'm a head coach, so I'm always uh, replying to emails. <laughs> um, you know, but number one, prayer. Um, you know, just our coaches, our, our players, our you know, the Lincoln families, Lincoln community. You know, it's sometimes it can be a dark place. You know. Um, and we just we just need a lot of prayer. Um, and then number two, just by through encouragement and you know just supporting us. And um, you know uh, I always appreciate that. You know when I see people wearing Lincoln gear or stuff like that. You know if I'm at a store and they say, "Oh, coach, good job." You know, I, you know that that encourages me. Um, and then lastly, you know um, financially, we we obviously were a public school, and um, with the budget cuts and all that, and us being in a in the city, um, you know, it's it's tough to uh, compete with the the private schools and stuff like that, you know, financially. And so, financial um, you know help always is uh, appreciated. So those are the, those are the, I would say the, the three ways. Okay, so there is sponsorship opportunity uh, to to help out. Yes, sir. Okay, terrific. Well, listen, I want to thank you for your time. Uh, followed your career, followed your high school career, followed your college career, 
And um, hey, don't be surprised if uh, you know Nick Saban gives you a call one day. And says, "Hey, how would you like to learn uh, l- learn some things from Alabama?" Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be all right. He's the goat. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> all right, my friend. Well, listen. God bless. I appreciate your time. Appreciate your time. All right. God bless. Thanks, Paul. Thank you for listening. And until next time. This is Paul Ellis reminding you to invest in what you love.